hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. I am Caitlin. And I'm John. And welcome to the Riverdale Register. <laughs> it's just the two of us again. Just Things the are two of us. back to normal. Yes. Uh, thank you again, Crystal, for guesting on our podcast. Um, everybody go listen to Two of Kind. It is great. You want to just jump right into it? Well, yeah. Should we talk about the episode title? Yeah. I so, would love to talk about the episode title. Tell me about the episode title. I shall. Okay. So this is called Chapter 21, House of the Devil, and it is titled after a 2009 American horror film written, directed, and edited by T. West. Um, and I've actually always really wanted to see this movie, and I just never ended up seeing it, but it's basically about a college student. She uh, is hired as a babysitter for what seems to be like a haunted house um, situation. And I kind of don't want to spoil this movie because I am going to see it, but um, satanic cults seem to be involved. And uh, yeah, so obviously this is based on also the, the house at Fox Forest it's called the House of, Adep- of the Devil. I keep mm-hmm. saying a devil. We're both very tired, but you have more of a reason to be. Why are you tired? I got seven hours of sleep last oh night. Oh, my God. I know. It's terrible. So I know I really should be better for, like, my health. You know? How many hours of sleep do you guys get? Do you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, John, uh, do you know who wrote and directed this, this little shindig? This episode was written by Yolanda Lawrence. Uh, what an awesome name. Yeah. She's written for uh, Reaper, one of my favorite shows, uh, Single Ladies, Star-Crossed. Oh my god, I saw that. I watched the whole thing. And this is her second episode of Riverdale after season one's chapter three, Body Double, which you may remember as the first appearance of Dark Betty. I don't think Dark Betty appeared in this. You don't think that was Dark Betty? No, I have some theories about what they were trying to go for um, with this and what I kind of hoped that they were going for with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, guys, if you hear that sound, that is my dog licking things. So, yeah, so what a crazy It was directed <laughs> by oh. Kevin Rodney Sullivan, who's he done do? all sorts of stuff. Uh, wow. Yeah, this guy's been do, been, bleh, been directing since 1987. Did he do any Degrassi? Uh, let's let's look. Uh, did some West Wing. I uh, did Ed. I love Ed. Uh, Barbershop Two, Back in Business. Oh, cool. Guess who? Uh, oh my God, he did an episode of Thirty Rock. He did Milf Island. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. That was really good. <laughs> uh, an episode of NCIS. It's on its 15th season right now. Apparently it's been on since, like, the 90s or something. Well, there's JAG, and then NCF spun off of JAG. That's insane. Imagine having a spinoff that lasts 15 seasons. That is terrifying. So, like, in TV, like, the ideal scenario is, like, you struck gold when you have seven seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have twice as many seasons plus another season. Yeah, they're going to hit 300 episodes, or may have already. That doesn't seem no, like they that did. many episodes. They have 340 some episodes of NCIS. That makes sense because if it's, let's say, 20 episodes a season mm-hmm. on average. Yeah, wow. Good good for you guys. Uh, I've never seen a single one. <laughs> this is the second episode of Riverdale that Kevin has directed after Chapter 11 to Riverdale and back again. I wonder why they don't ever pair. Oh, that's dra- interesting. What? So. There's he that. directed the one where Archie and Veronica sing Kids in America He's to the like, crowd. I, as like, it's kind it. of the moment when they come together. And then this episode when they're singing Mad World, uh, you know, that song from uh, <laughs> from Donnie Darko that you love so much. If or, you can even say that. Uh, as like them kind of falling apart. Oh, wow. That's kind of an interesting thing. I think that this guy is here for Archie, like here to... Well, then this wasn't a, wasn't a great episode for him. Well, no, but, like, he's here to, for the drama surrounding the Varchi ship. So where do you want to start? That is a great question, because there is a lot to unpack. There's uh, Archie and Veronica, Love and Lust. Uh, there's uh, the Riverdale Reaper thing. There's uh, F.P. Jones, Man About Town. So, uh, And then there's, you know, a small reminders of Cheryl's Gaslight and Josie now. <laughs> and, and then there's Betty's sexy dance, but I really want. Maybe we should save that for last. We can yeah, really dig into that's that thing. specific scenario. 
So I think smallest first is Cheryl and Josie. Yeah. So Cheryl's giving Josie a massage. Also, Josie can speak again. So I'm hoping I wasn't wrong. I'm I don't think you were wrong. That like Cheryl just nursed, I'm doing quotes, nursed uh, Josie back to health in the meantime. I don't think you were wrong. I think that is probably what happened. But I think that it was a punishment maybe for Josie in a way. For going after Chuck? Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, the the massage thing, Cheryl notices stress knots, again, quote, stress knots. Can you see those on on Josie's back? back? I thought about this, like... I don't know. I mean, I know Cheryl obviously doesn't. She's just like, what a beautiful back. I want to touch it. You creep, Cheryl. But yeah, uh, she goes to massage Josie, and then the janitor comes in. Yeah, Svensson? Is that right? I thought it was just like Stevenson. I thought it was like Stevenson or something. I'm not kidding. Svensson. I think it's Svensson. I'm not kidding. Like, I really do think it was like SV. Wait, like Svensson. They changed his identity. They did. And they gave him an aggressively yeah. European last name. I know, yeah. Sve- sev- I, I'm, I swear to... S- I Sevenson. Sevenson. <laughs> he was a It's like Six son. Smith in Cloud Atlas. Svevi? Smithers? Smithers 2.0? What if he was just Smithers, but he just had a new job? <laughs> and, like, this was just, like, where Smithers went? That... I honestly feel like this twist would have been better if it were Smithers than that the been cool. janitor we met last episode. That would have been I really wrote my notes like, oh no, that beloved character that we are all really attached to. Well, they definitely It tried. is. It's Svensson. S V E N S O N. Svensson. Well, let's just call him Sevi. <laughs> Svensson. We can call him Conway if we want. No, JC. Yeah, that's confusing. Svensson. It's not that. I, it's really not a. It's not a weird name, nor is it a hard name to say. But I am struggling with it. Svensson. When you were in high school, did you ever see a janitor custodian like in your locker room? Um. Yes, but they were always and like the bathrooms as well. But they were always very, very, very like. I think it's actually a legal thing where you have to be like, is everybody clear in here before somebody? Can they go would in? knock and do the yeah. Yeah. This guy is really not following protocol. Right. In That's this situation, why I was like, maybe he is weird and creepy. But yeah, you're supposed to, especially if it's like a. I don't. I think a lot of times women go into the women's locker rooms and men go into the men's locker rooms. Yeah, they they have both agendas yeah. on staff. Instead honestly, of one guy for the entire school. Maybe, like, we don't need to be so, like, careful about, like, gender bathrooms and stuff. I don't know. Like, it just seems easier if we don't care. But still, janitors should not come in on teenage girls. What's the line I can say? Uh, As a man with a mother and a sister, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> you know. So, so you I don't know. want any other men in the bathrooms with them. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sorry. It's sorry. okay. It's, it could be so easy for me to go down that path. I know. Look at that. So Sheriff flips a shit on that janitor. Yeah. Also, did she bring a red towel from home? Yes, a hundred percent. I was gonna say I never showered in gym. Like we, it wasn't really like a common, common thing. Swim to do. team, I did. So okay, so in high school we did have like a swim thing, mm-hmm. like swimming that was supposed to be like mandatory. Oh yeah. Yeah, I never swam. Like one semester, I think we did like a week or so in the pool. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, we suggest showering. And all the guys were like, what? Be like naked with other boys around? No. And so that didn't. I just. They didn't. But in the swim team, we, I mean, you'd wear the bathing suit, but still you'd shower after. My, uh, my biggest well, We were really thing. not comfortable. Yeah, I know. Masculinity is so oh, fragile. Oh man, high school. And also more than masculinity being so fragile, I feel like a lot of times it's just shyness in general. Well, yeah, because. High school students are, like, the meanest people. Right. And also the most insecure. Yeah. So it's Bad a great combo. <laughs> great so you don't want to show off your most, the, like, like that much of your body to them. No. No. So, um, yeah. So if you Unless you go school, to school in Riverdale, in which case you're gorgeous, mm-hmm. apparently, and, like, yeah. full-bodied adult. And you want to take, like, eucalyptus steams in the shower because you're like, I don't care. What is anyone going to say? <laughs> I got polyps to deal with. Oh, my God. <laughs> my so, nodes. <laughs> 
So she did actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Josie did have something wrong with her throat. Yes. So that's why she was taking the eucalyptus steam. Hmm. But I still think Cheryl did it. It's confusing. It is confusing. Yeah. So later, Josie, uh, Cheryl is mad that Josie's got a, got a gig. For $5,000? Yeah. Oh my God, there's like a long time where like, I didn't even have that money, like at all. I could use that money now. Yeah, please. Like, I, I would like $5,000 and to sing five songs. No one will enjoy it, but I will sing for you. Oh my God. And Reggie came up, but Reggie was not Right, singing. so apparently it was uh, Reggie's dad's new car dealership opening. Yeah. They would pay her $5,000 if Reggie were her escort. See, do it. Reggie's so hot. Yeah. You're making $5,000 and you get to sing what you enjoy doing. Do you think Reggie's parents were played by different people last season, too, and we didn't see them? Like, new hot Reggie. They had different parents. Like, yeah. Didn't we meet Reggie's parents once? Maybe I'm confused. We met his mom, like, a couple episodes ago. Right. We haven't met his dad yet. Maybe I'm I think the joke is, like, oh, his family also changed. That's funny. <laughs> but we just never knew. Yeah, I miss Reggie and Josie. I really ship them. Yeah. They were cute. So Cheryl... What a beautiful couple that would be. <laughs> But Cheryl uh, gets kind of ragey at this, so she pushes her milkshake off of the table. Well, she also is ragey because of Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, she got, like, a look at him. But I feel like this is more of a result of Josie's thing. So... And then she tells Skeet Ulrich to clean it up like you did my brother's blood. Honestly, okay, I know that we're supposed to feel bad for FP, and, like, Lord knows, like, I will, like, I love Skeet Ulrich. He's, like, the best and forever. However, I think we all have to be, like, fucking honest with ourselves. He covered up Jason's murder, right? Like, he is not a great guy. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's perfectly acceptable for Cheryl to lash out. Because, like, we know that he's, like, a good dad to Jughead or whatever. But, like, just because he's, like, trying to change his ways doesn't mean, like, Cheryl doesn't have a right to be pissed about the fact that, like, he was, like, a very important player in in her brother's murder. Yes. So, but I feel like those would be emotions that she would be better served taking care of in in, in therapy, right? With a, with yes. a professional, and then you don't lose milkshakes over it. Honestly, they could have had a really interesting character and a therapist in the show, but then he could who be, turns out to be the serial killer, exactly, and no one's sane in Riverdale. Have you ever seen Skins? Uh, no. Okay, do you want me to spoil something very important about Skins? Sure. Okay, so there's everybody spoilers for Skins. This is the American version of Skins. Um, the American version of Skins, so you don't have to think about it. <laughs> you really just don't have to think about it. Like, I'm not even going to say anything else. There's actually a couple of really good actors on that show. It was just, you just, it was, it's very hard to do that show in America, but mm-hmm. without it being, like, kind of silly. But, um, yeah, no, so there's in the second series, like, the second. I know. Yeah. So, there's, like, a psychologist who, like, straight up murders, like, one of the characters. Like, with a bat. I think it was with a bat. It was really intense. Like, really intense. Because he was obsessed with, like, his patient. Wow. Yeah. End of skin spoilers. Yeah. Do you, uh, uh yeah, some, one of my notes here for Josie is, like, uh, run. Yeah. Run for your life. Run. I don't know when... They're gonna have this whole situation like come to fruition for Josie, like when she's gonna realize that, oh, this is, like, like she's stalking me. Because it doesn't. She, it's subtle because Cheryl is so crazy already. It's subtle, but also Josie's giving her a look at everything she does in this episode. That's true. She's a little like so. Like she's definitely picking up on it. But Cheryl's already so kind of like quirky and weird that it's hard Every, to... Everyone's going to give Cheryl a wide berth because of the trauma. Uh, to be fair, there's been multiple traumas now. Yeah. But like everyone's got trauma. I mean, she needs therapy. Like she yelled at the janitor. The janitor's whole family got murdered in front of him. He's had trauma. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I'm Svenny. Svenson. It's not a hard name, Keelan. Get it together. Svenson. And that's the entire Cheryl plot for that episode. So, like, I was just, like, a kind of... Yeah, just a like runner, a, just kind of there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I... You know I love Cheryl. Like, she's one of my favorites. But something tells me that she's not in a healthy place right now. 
Where do you want to jump to? Should we go to FP? Because we mentioned it. Yeah, FP. What's up, bro? So, apparently we misunderstood Penny Peabody's deal the whole time. It wasn't that she was going to get him time served. It was that now she could just get him out at some point. You know what? It was unclear in the text. I think he was already going to get... Here's what I think. I think he was already going to get out of prison. But I think that there was some sort of, like, waiting period or something. Because that does happen. Like... They treat it like it's like this wasn't supposed to happen, and then all of a sudden it they happened. decided he was getting out of prison. And Penny I Peabody thought, takes credit for it. Yeah, I think probably what happened was that he was serving a sentence for something lesser. Do you remember when Jughead was like, "How many damn years?" Yes, I remember that. I was like, "Great!" I seen that meme a lot, and I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, so... Well, that's a good one to use if it's ever, like, and we have to wait for the sequel to come out. How many <laughs> damn years. So, I think that, uh, Penny Peabody is probably not the best person around. What do you think? <laughs> yes, I think there's a scene in this episode that I just... I'm not really sure how to describe it, but I think it's an absolute mess. Uh... Jughead and his dad are, like, about to eat dinner at home when he gets a call from Penny Peabody. They have a lot of food for two people. Oh, yeah. There's a Chinese restaurant in Riverdale. It's just Pops. Pops it's is a ch- Chinese menu. I'm but then she calls him to Pops. Yeah, because he's and just it's not there. And it's not an act out. It's just into the next scene where they just sit at the table and threaten each other. Yeah. She's like, I could put your dad back in jail. And he's like, I'm going to talk to Mayor McCoy and tell her that you're dealing drugs. And she's like, then I'm going to release the video of you uh, with, 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 the, the with the box. And then he's like, then I'll like send all the serpents after you. Cause apparently I lead them now. Yeah. And she's like, ever. Betty, he's like shit. And then he gets up and leaves. Yeah. Why? That's we- the entire scene. Nothing new is conveyed in any of that. Well, no, just she, the fact that she knows he's dating Betty. Well, I think Betty is her secret daughter, so that's going to come up later. Oh my god, I can't. They look a lot alike, though. We, Shh, just, just okay. Theories aside, can we just talk about how that if Madge and Amick didn't exist, that Penny Peabody would have made a really good mother for Betty because they look a lot alike. I love Britt Morgan. Just as say, an actress, just say Britt Morgan looks like Lily Reinhardt. No. They look exactly... No, they're both blonde. <laughs> and they have the same face. They don't have the same eyes. Okay, tweet at me. Tweet at me. I'm right. Brie Morgan has, like, these small eyes, and... Not everyone can have Lily Both Lily Reinhardt and Machinomic have the big, wide eyes. I love both of them, but they look like... They could be siblings, for sure. No. Where is Brit Morgan from? She was in Middleman, which was a great show. We talked about this. Okay, I remember now. ABC Family. You know why she sounds so familiar? Because she sounds like Brett Morgan. She was in Supergirl. She played Livewire in Supergirl. Uh, Graceland. Oh, I love Graceland. Amber. She was Amber in Graceland. Who was Amber? Uh, her character. Her character, right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's where I know her from. Oh, she was in The Night Shift. What is The Night Shift? The Night Shift is... It's, like, fine. It's just... It's, like, one of those... You know, it's a sexy doctor show. That's but fair. it has also... Uh, has one of the best promotional images ever, where it's just this huge photoshopped mess. Oh, and I, I I love it. Oh, she was in True Blood. Oh, she, she definitely was, uh, looks like someone. Debbie Pelt in True Blood. From True Blood, maybe that's where I know her from. Yeah. she looks like she would be on True Blood, which I know sounds weird, but like I feel like they hired a very specific, like looking person. Do you ever notice when shows have a lot of people look the same? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's when the showrunner like has a type. Of, like, these are the actors. I and like. I appreciate that Riverdale doesn't seem to have an issue with well, that. Well, no, hot, hot. I know, everyone's hot, but, like... Everyone's hot. Like, the boys aren't all hot in the same way. That's true. I think we've talked about this, that they're hot in different ways. Oh, but they're mostly skinny. They're mostly, like, well, skinny young men. Like, like no one's, no one's like, bulky. I mean, they're... Reggie is... Well, he... Nah. Not bulky, all, He's athletic. Like, yeah. like, not athletic fit. Or I just don't really skinny. know what skinny means. No, he's definitely uh, athletic. He's, Jughead. Yeah, Jughead's not as buff. Well, I know that we can't say that uh, Reggie is skinny because I'm sure Charles Melton will not like that, considering that they're always at the gym. I mean, no, he's very athletic. No, he's, he's, very he's, he's, he's probably the largest 
of the of the of the teen just to cast in quotation marks. You can't see it, but you know, audio only is hard for me sometimes. What is hard for you? Audio only. Yes, I know. It's not a visual medium. It's hard. Uh, I do enjoy Alice's little runner within this plot. Oh, she's so great. Where like. She joins the kids to pick FP up. I and sort of asks so if he's horny. Oh my, that was very weird. I do like Jughead going, okay. So I think she was trying to insult him, but it just came That's out like not a an question. Insult. Yeah. It, yeah, it just came out like a very strange question. She, uh, the prison, by the way, is called Shankshaw. Yeah, I heard that. And I was like, mm, I see what you're doing there. Uh, FP announces that he's, that he's quitting. The uh, the serpents and drinking <laughs> and drink. It's a big day for FP Jones. He's getting a job at Pops. He looks so cute in that little Pops uniform. I, that's what I wrote. He looks adorable it's in so the Pops cute. uniform. I know it actually made me really sad when Cheryl knocked over that milkshake because it was like, <laughs> I'm gonna get to get her one on the house, and you knew that came out of his tips. <laughs> Alice uh, Alice confronts him because she doesn't want Betty going to the uh, the retirement party that they decide to throw for him. And he's just like, come and chaperone, and she's like. Hal wouldn't want to go, and he's like, then leave him. That was so Then there's weird. a huge pause, and goes, at home. <laughs> well, see, the funny thing about it is I never really noticed, like, I never, like, I didn't think that he was implying anything other than leave him at home. Mm-hmm. And then the second he was, like, at home, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to date. They're going to date. Yeah, it'll They've be. They've already dated. It'll be, she'll be really available once they find out that Hal is a serial killer. Maybe. Yeah. Fine. You know what? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'm the, open to it now. <laughs> exactly. Well, I just, um, what, somebody was saying that they, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was two of a kind. How they were saying that they hated the trope where, um, like, boyfriend and girlfriends, or, like, couples, end up sharing a sibling. Which is, it sounds weird, but it actually is kind of a, a thing that happens a lot. Um, well, I always thought, it was, like, it's weird when, uh, there's a teen couple and an adult couple, and they're both, and, like... Right. They're both the parents and the teens are all dating each other. It's a little weird. Like in, like in Scream, season one. That's true. That was a thing. But, hey... Then that sheriff died hard. Really hard. And then also, Kieran was, like, the one who killed him, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't find was, that out until season two. Although, it's, like, super obvious in the season one. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. We're getting out of track here. Scream. If you guys want to hear about that. There's a... Third season of Scream coming out soon. I know. Uh, next not, year? I don't think that's Not soon. soon? Not that soon. Great. We'll talk about Believe me, we'll announce <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, there's this one scene that I thought was kind of interesting where, not not from like, uh, not from a story point, but from a production point, where they have like these this B-roll footage of like two motorcycle people riding around. Yeah, like, the, that is not. And then they just cut to a shot of... FP and Jughead standing next to their motorcycles. It's like we couldn't get a shot of them coming in, well, getting on. Anything looks like they both actually rode here in any way. Well, I uh, I don't ask for much. I think it'd be funny if then they like turned around and then like they saw those two motorcycle people. <laughs> hey, <laughs> cool. we just walked our bikes here, but that's fine. I'm sure it's not legal for them to ride those motorcycles in like in any real way. Yeah. They did their best. <laughs> also, I want to talk about how deep Alice's closet must be. Oh, it is. To have is. both the snake outfit she had, like, from a couple weeks ago, and, like, this punk rock throwback outfit she puts she, on. And she does the hair and the eyes. So, the thing I'm a little confused about is, did she cut her own bangs for this specific party? Because her hair looks very different. You never, you never cut your own bangs for a specific party? Never. And John... No, like just if you're thinking what? about it, you don't. Is that do not it. a thing? It's not a thing you should do. It's a thing that people probably do do. Yeah, well, she. I get it now. You, you do. know, I wasn't like I, earlier when we were doing season one. I'm like, she's not that hot. She is. She's very hot. Yeah, no, saying? I'm. I'm into it now. Yeah, she's beautiful. Okay. She literally like was named like the most beautiful woman on television at one point. In her really? Career. Yeah, because she's wow. beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. The bartender, who I think is named Hog Eye, which is not as fun as like a cucumber melon type no. name. So if you want to rename him, go for it. Hog Eye. Pig Guy. No, I'm not good at this. Piggy? Ugh. Little Piggy? Little Piggy. Little Piggy. Remembers her usual order. So everyone welcomes her back with open arms. Mm-hmm. After she spent months 
attacking them in the press. Did she attack them in the press, though? Yeah. Okay, then yeah. I mean, the south side across the board. That's true. Maybe she's just that cool of a chick. Is it also possible that they don't know her last name? It could be. What? (laughs) Well, like, if you knew an Alice Smith or whatever, you might not think that Alice Smith, who you knew in high school, is now the Alice Cooper. Okay, but what about the recent newspaper that came out with a picture of her as a serpent? That's true. And, like, named her as the editor of the Riverdale Register. That's a good point. Oh, wait, I'm the editor of the Riverdale Register. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm, yeah. And I'm an employee, (laughs) technically. You make nothing. Yeah, I make nothing. So, yeah, so I'm trying to defend the uh, the Alice Serpent situation, but I just don't understand it. It just I think it's another one of those cases of this show almost can't be judged as a serialized property. Interesting. Every, because... Okay. It is. But I know, okay. I know it is, but every episode feels like everyone is just a slightly different character from the one before. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that's, like, I don't think all of the writers are entirely on the same page but they're all trying to turn in their episodes as best as possible and that could just be a symptom of, you know writing for television they had 13 episodes last season they have more this season higher workload and so they're not seeing the end of someone else's script before they're starting the next one or they're just they're just not putting together the puzzle pieces of the overall world and this season is so stuffed well, with stuff I think that's the thing I think it's that Riverdale does best when it does it, it does moments very, very well. Yes. Um, and it's almost... There's kind of... Pretty Little Liars kind of had this as well, though I do think that Pretty Little Liars had a, had maybe a better handle and also, at least by the time the seventh season rolled around, that it had a better handle on, like, the characters. Like, the characters were mostly pretty consistent, save for, like, a few. Um, so I think that... Yeah, like, I think there's kind of, like, this dream logic in Riverdale that, like, you know, certain things that don't really make sense to be secrets end up being secrets. Things that you think that, like, people might know already. Like, why doesn't everyone know that Alice was on the south side? She went to high school with everybody, but, like, why are these, like, things from her past, like, not public knowledge? And I think that comes up with, like, a bunch of different characters, too. Like, the Riverdale Reaper didn't happen that long ago. Why doesn't... Why don't the parents know that if they're the same age as Svensson yeah. or whatever? So, yeah, I think they're, it, that it operates kind of in this, like, dream logic plane. Which is frustrating like, a lot of the time. At the same time, you know what's kind of interesting? It's like it is based on comic books, which sort of are like that too, right? Like, the Archie comics aren't necessarily serialized. Well, they are now. Yeah. Were they... Were they the Back in the day, no, but, like, the way we told stories in comics fundamentally changed as time went on. Same goes for TV. Yeah. You know, it's not like back in the day, like, the original Dynasty, where you could have... Well, I think... Every episode was kind of its own thing. I don't think every episode... Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, like old, a- old TV shows were a lot of, like, every episode was someone's first episode. They weren't expecting you to be able to easily find episode one. Right. Go back, catch up. And then know what's going on when we are now. Right. It had to be enjoyable in sort of the moment. You had to be able to tune in for one episode and be like, I understand what this show is. Which, honestly, I think you could do with Riverdale. Uh, I do believe it's a myth that you, like, have to catch up on everything to jump in on a show. Like, I came into Lost in season two. And, and you were like, a, you're I on a, an island, I get it. I had it. a grand old time. I had people with me be like, those guys are on a raft. It's like, I see that. Like, yeah, there's a shark around them. And and scene. It turned out really well. Did it? Oh, loss is great. No, yeah. I meant the raft. Oh, no, no, no. That did... They died? That didn't work out well. Um, For them? And I think they all lived. Okay. Yeah, it was like three named dudes, so... And Walt. Well... I don't know what you're talking about. What? Do you not watch Lost? No, I'm sorry. Wow. I watched episodes of it, but not That enough. was like a big cultural moment on TV. I missed it. That was like when the serialization really got hardcore. I remember being in class when we were reading Lord of the Flies, and um, and we watched an episode of Lost. Oh, I, I can see why those two things would connect. Yeah. Yeah. It was mostly just enough. Yeah. It was nice. I enjoyed it. But at the end of this episode, FP hops on stage and gives a speech where he takes back his retirement from earlier. He's like, 
I'm going to be a serpent until the day I die, basically. And he doesn't, he seems very happy about it, but yeah, he's clearly but very upset. but then he goes over to Jughead. Oh. He's just like, I found out about Penny. You done real bad. So I'm coming back in to take you off the hook. I'm protecting you. And then he says, you broke my heart. And my heart broke. My heart broke. Oh, God. And then he took a shot, which I was like, ah, he's drinking again. Oh, I didn't even realize. Oh, my God. You're right. That's so terrible. Oh, God. He had a shot. He had a real shot. Skeetle, which is the fucking best. Jughead is super bummed by that. Yeah. Which. Leads to. Which actually leads. Okay. I think that aspect was, was, was earned. The Jughead Betty breakup thing. Yeah. It it kind of all comes around Betty's sexy dance. So like. Oh god. Do you want to get into that right now? Should we? I think we have to. Okay. Okay. Can I? Can I start? Yes. Okay. So I, please. I just want to first. I just want to recap this for everyone. <laughs> so. Betty is told Betty wants to join the serpents or be serpent adjacent, adjacent. to protect Jughead. Which makes somewhat of sense. I guess, but like, has Jughead been in physical danger? Has she seen him hurt because of the serpents? Yes, I think, yes, because he got beat up. Because like, he's only been emotionally manipulated recently. Well, I think she's worried. I think it's it's fair. So, okay, fine. So she talks to Tony, who I guess she does not know hooked up with Jughead because she's very nice to her. And we'll never find out? I kind of hope that she doesn't now. Or I hope she finds out, but I hope it's, like, not a thing. Just all move on. Yeah, because I think it would just, you know, I don't want them to, like, I don't want to have, like, a Tony versus Betty situation. I'm happy that they kind of moved away from that. Um, And so Betty is talking to Tony, and she's like, how do I become a serpent? And Tony is... I don't even think Tony really wants her to be one, so she's like, don't worry about it, honey. And then this older woman, who we haven't met before and won't meet again. I wrote some fucking eavesdropping, (laughs) smug-ass, middle-aged woman named Birdie, I think. Oh my god, so funny. And she says that the only way to... The only way to uh, become a serpent is to do the serpent dance, which is basically... And then you... One, they've been watching a pole dancer this whole time. It's to do like the pole, like the dance on the pole or whatever. I'm like, okay, Betty's like 15, maybe 16, but sure, like, cool. So, cut to Veronica and Archie doing a karaoke performance of Gary Jules' cover of Mad World. They run off stage. Betty, who's seen Donnie Darko many a time, gets on stage. Also, they bought a karaoke machine. Yeah, that was good. I mean, every party is better with karaoke. (laughs) Do you think the serpents are like a karaoke gang? (laughs) Of course, obviously. They get on stage. They get off stage. Betty, in the moment, it's very strange because it looks like Betty's like, oh my god, the party is going to be ruined if I don't get on stage and I don't sing Mad World to finish their duet. Everybody is booing. No, everyone's booing because Mad World is a terrible fucking karaoke song. It's the kind of song that you listen to in your room with headphones on while you cry. It is not a song that you perform in front of a crowd of bikers. So anyway, I love that song. And Lily Reinhardt and Veronica and KJ Appa have a, a beautiful... They, they all sound great. That's not the point. <laughs> Betty decides that that is the moment where... In the verse, in the verse that literally starts with um, "children wait until the day they feel good." As soon as she says, "like the children waiting till the day they feel good," buttons come off of her top, and I'm like, "This is such an inappropriate moment," and I just start crying. But the weirdest part is, once she is in her amazing lingerie, she moves over to the pole. And then the song continues. She's still singing. But she's not singing. No, she's not. She's not singing. She's still singing. Her voice is Her still voice singing. Her voice is still playing, but she's not still singing. She does like a half a turn or whatever on the pole. And then she comes back to the mic. And finishes and the finishes. song. So can I say what I think probably happened? Yeah. Just regarding that moment. I think probably they didn't intend to cut it that way. I think they probably intended to cut around her singing or something, like like cut to the dance 
and cut to the crowd. So it seemed like she was still singing and then you were just seeing like shots like over it. So basically like it seemed like she was still actually singing. If that makes sense. I mean, they probably, they probably, there's probably online. The full version of the song. Yeah, the full performance. And they edited it this way to be like, it's artistic. Yeah, so it was really confusing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The funny thing is, though, Lily Reinhardt tweeted, like, the next day or, like, later that night that, um, (laughs) that the original dance was supposed to be with, like, a literal snake, like Britney Spears at the VMAs. And I was like, that would have been really cool. Like, she was, like, doing I'm a slave for you in front of a biker gang and, like, Mm -hmm. the snake. But, yeah. Um, So... I think this was supposed to be like a, at first I was like, oh, this is trying to be a very sexy moment, but I actually don't think it is supposed to be a very sexy moment. I think it's supposed to make us feel uncomfortable because I think it's supposed to show like the crushed innocence of Betty Cooper. I think at first people were reading it like, oh my God, they're just, this is just a titillating moment or whatever. But I actually think it's supposed to be much more than that and much darker Mm-hmm. So while I don't think this is like Betty, like Dark Betty's emergence, Stella, you're making noise when I'm literally in the middle of like my longest speech of the episode. Why would you do this? That's the dog. Anyway. Yeah. So I think that this moment actually is supposed to make us really uncomfortable as it rightly should, as it is a 15, 16 year old girl doing a strip tease in front of a bunch of middle aged men, including her boyfriend's dad and her mom. The one person made the point that that uh, Alice probably had to do this dance, and that's why she didn't, like, freak out that much. She was freaking out. I mean, she was internally freaking out, but I don't think she was, like... Like, she looked more shocked than, like, Betty Cooper, you get down from there right now! So, yeah. So what did you think of it? <laughs> My new roommate walked in while I was watching this scene, and he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's She's not- 21, right? It's like, the actress, I think, is 20. The character is 15 or 16. Oh, as long as the actress is old enough. Okay. And how old is your roommate? <laughs> uh, he's 35. Yeah, okay. Cool. I feel weird about it. But <laughs> it's... Uh, I... I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel bad about it. I, I think my main reaction is that... Why is this a thing for the serpents? Because in the context of the show, Tony says, yeah, it's this outdated sexist thing that I'm trying to change in the serpents. Which, but, because, like, good for you, Tony. Like, But at the same time, I have to remember the serpents aren't real. They are a creation <laughs> of a room full of writers in 2017 who actively chose to, get, to make Betty's plot for this episode. She decides to do a sexy dance to get into the biker gang that her boyfriend is in. Yeah, so... I'm having... And that that bothers me. I'm having so many conflicted feelings because I think you're right. It is hard to... It's hard for me to to know what point the writers were trying to make it. It doesn't give us anything new about the serpents. It doesn't change how you view them. By the way, still incredibly vaguely defined as (laughs) as a gang. Well, I don't think it's supposed to teach us anything about the serpents. I think part of me thinks that Betty did want to do this because Betty wanted to do this. Do you know what I mean? And that that yeah, was supposed yeah. to be and the... she does the hair thing, and it's like, Dark Betty's here. Well, let's talk about Dark Betty for a second. Because I think that the way Dark Betty has been defined has been, like, weirdly sexual. Yeah. Like, like we have Betty Cooper, who's, like, the good girl next door, and, yeah. like, has a boyfriend, and, like, is into hand-holding or whatever. But then, like, Dark Betty, who is not necessarily, like, evil Betty, but, like, She's kinky evil. Betty. Yeah, but, like, also, like, evil Betty. Like, yeah, and more evil. As, as evil as Betty can be. Right, but, like, you wouldn't want to... If Betty was, like, I'm going full on Dark Betty, that would be a bad thing. Yeah. So, like, eh, is it, like, saying that, like, Betty, when she's being sexual, is Dark Betty, and that's bad? I don't know. Because like, the don't only know the one time was Dark Betty, like, a dissociative state. Right. So... I, but, like, what we're calling Dark Betty, like, that's why I'm, like, I don't want to call this Dark Betty just because she's being, like, sexy or whatever. Like, she can just be, like, burlesque Betty or, like, 
Stripper Betty. <laughs> I think it's too late, though. The term Dark Betty is coined. Yeah. She doesn't have other personas. Mm, yeah, well... That would be exhausting. So many. I do think... The more I think about it, I'm like, I think Betty probably did want to do this for herself, though. Yeah. And I think that's okay, because even though I'm not crazy about the fact that they showed, like, a 15-year-old girl stripping on stage in front of a bunch of middle-aged men, which I want to clarify... I feel gross about that. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like the show did me wrong, but I don't feel good about, like, that scene. Yeah. Um, like, I just don't feel like like I need to watch it again, even though I'm going to watch it again. Like, I just, I feel like, oh, like, cringy. Like, I don't feel... Anyway, I made a comparison between this scene, um, which is, like, very, very similar to a scene on Gossip Girl from the first season, where the characters are about the same I'd age. I read that. But someone was saying that, I mean, actually, no, you go on. I think that was me. I think you read that on my thing. No, it was AV Club. Really? But I also made that comparison, so you can cut that out. Oh, no, the, the point, I mean, the point <laughs> I got from AV Club was that. I thought I was being so original. The, uh, AV the, Club? The girls in uh, uh, in Gossip Girl uh, were generally depicted as just more mature teenagers. Yes. Than the Riverdale kids. That's totally fair. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, exactly. I think that. That is, in more than maturity, I don't think it is true that they are depicted as much more mature, and I think that's kind of the point of Gossip Girl. Like, the Manhattan elite, like, live a different life than whatever, and Veronica yeah. kind of even embodies that, um, and Betty is sort of still, like, a sweetheart teenager. But I think that the difference is that it felt like a more empowering thing when Blair went on stage and did, like, her stripper dance or whatever. It felt more like Blair's doing this because Blair wants to do this, and she feels... In control. In control and sexy and she owns it or whatever. And then... Betty doesn't feel in control for this. Because right. she's bowing to the wings of Birdie. Uh, right. And, like, whatever this, like, rules are for the for the club. And that just doesn't... I don't know who's in charge. Because she... It is a thing that the male-run serpents make their female members do. Tony must have done that at right, some point. Right, I thought about that. I was like, did she? So it's 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 a male dominated thing, but Betty hijacks the stage and surprises it on everyone. So she's flipping the script. So she's taking control of the moment. I think it still just doesn't feel So I, it's everyone seems shocked and confused and like what is happening right now? Yeah. It's weird that they let her finish the dance. It's not long. It's not long, but it is kind of and weird, then, right? FP does hop on stage and like cover her with his jacket. Be like, "All right, you did great. Get out of here." Yeah, I. Somebody said that that they thought that that was problematic, and I think that's. I actually don't think so. I think he was trying to make I mean, her comfortable. There's definitely nothing sexual about the way he did. No, that. no, no. But that he was like cheering her on or whatever. <laughs> it would be funny if he was like my son's girlfriend. Yeah, I think that he was just trying to make her feel not embarrassed because if he came on stage and was like, that's enough, honey, get off stage here. You put some clothes on, you little yeah. tramp. Like that would have been bad. Yeah. That would have made her feel terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, think he moving did, past it as fast as possible. Was yeah. Though he did decision. give her the serpent jacket and I was like, oh my God, is that like an initiative? I thought I was, I was, I think it's his jacket. Though. Yeah. I think he was just like, please wear something. <laughs> put on some clothes. God. Do you want to take your skirt and shirt with you? Yeah, no? just here. Okay. Uh, and then outside Jughead, kind of reams Betty for wanting to join his world because he's fresh off of ruining his dad's life. Right, and He's like, exactly. this is how I protect you. I'm breaking up. And she's like, how many times do we have to push each other away? Uh, until yeah. it sticks. Cole Sprouse delivering the hard truths. I think he's better at, at that kind of stuff than like, at like the breaking up and anger stuff than anything yeah. in the show. No, it's just, oh, God. So yeah, they break up again. They're going to be back together soon. Don't worry, kids. Mm. Which uh, leaves us with Archie and Veronica. Um, so it's kind of weird that the episode opens with Jughead writing his book about how much Archie and Veronica are fucking. Yeah, that is a strange book. Uh, he calls Varchie the opposite of death, which is basically saying Varchie is life. I, the way they said that, he said that was strange because it was like... 
they were having sex, and I was like, are they having children? Like, this is weird. Like, I didn't really understand. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I realized. So, I uh, Veronica, uh, Archie says he loves Veronica. She doesn't say it back, and they both kind of freak out. Yeah. They've been dating for, I think, six weeks. Right, and she says it's too soon. Right, she thinks it's too soon. Fred thinks Archie's too in his own head about it. And Hermione actually has some pretty good advice this one. By the way, Hermione suddenly become like a good parent again. I so. think she's been, been beaten uh, into submission. She's, she tells Veronica it's most about whether she's ready to hear it. That's sweet. If Veronica yeah. thinks she can be loved. See, that's not what I interpreted that no? as. No? No, I interpreted it as... Because that's the thing. I hate it when shows are like, well, it's your self-esteem. <laughs> like, that you're the problem. When Veronica seems to have great self-esteem. Yeah. I think she knows how good she is. Yeah. I think it's probably more that... I mean, I interpreted it as if you're ready to be in that kind of a mature relationship, if you're ready for... You know, if you're ready to take that step, if you're if you're ready to accept that, you know, the guy that you're hooking up with and dating or whatever, you know, is a ser- is emotionally serious about you. That's what I took it as. Oh, okay. Well, Archie, uh, when Archie, f- oh, wait, Veronica also realizes that uh, she's never heard her parents say I love you to each other. That's so sad. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. But Archie forces the conversation. He has a really mature thing to say. He says that I, what I said was for me, and you shouldn't feel pressured to say it back. Except I'm going to pressure And then she <laughs> doesn't say it back, and he's like, oh, wow, really? Oh. <laughs> exactly. Great. No, let's sing that Donnie Darko song you love, or hopefully strongly like at least. That's, like, so messed up, Archie. Because he was. I was like, oh, good for Archie. This is going to be really mature. And then maybe later on in the season, we'll get, like, a Archie love you situation, and it'll be nice. Mm-hmm. But no, he's incredibly immature, actually. Yeah. What a shock. Yeah, the song turns into a sad world. Sad <laughs> world. Uh, when, she, when she leaves him there and he catches her in the parking lot and she's like, uh, she can't get to where he is emotionally and goes home without him. Yeah. So, Veronica's being really hard on herself, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. really, it's really, it's not okay. I, I've i never been in that situation before where it's been, like, an awkward thing. But I do assume that... Like, I, I feel for Archie. Like, it must be incredibly painful to feel like somebody likes you, but you like them more and, like, that whole situation. But I think everyone's been in at some point in their lives. But he just takes it so poorly that it makes me want them... That's why I want them to break up. But, like, Veronica takes it out herself, and she's like, oh, I can't say it back. That's why I'm not good enough for you. Mm-hmm. When in reality, she should be like, why aren't you giving me the time that I need? Why can't you... Because it was like, it's almost like, to me, like, that step for some people is, like, even a bigger step than, like, having sex with someone. for Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, what if she was like, I'm not ready to have sex or something? Would that be, like, the same thing? You know what it I mean? It is interesting that uh, she and Archie slept together before they could even attempt to say I love you. And Archie, or Jughead and Betty said I love you. That's true. Before trying to hook up, but never consummated. That we know of, yeah. That moment. That's interesting. I think that's, like, the fundamental difference. And I think even... When Veronica and Archie go to explore the Black Hood stuff, would you want to just get into that? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was actually a great... Yeah. That was a great runner. When Betty and Jughead are like, so you need to be us. Right. And do wh- the things we do. And they're like, what? <laughs> and Yeah. And I think that like plays on a couple of levels because they were also like, we can't be you because we're not emotionally in that place. It makes me think that Veronica and Archie well, Veronica might... used the whole thing to avoid the conversation for a while. Yeah. But it makes me think that Veronica and Archie might not be endgame. Really. Oh, I don't think there is an endgame. Yeah. They'll I guess... figure it out when they get there. Right, I know. But, like, or maybe not... Okay, endgame is, like, such a weird term. Endgame but... is uh, Archie and Jughead. Right, of course. <laughs> I mean, the best friends forever. But I think... It makes me think, okay, maybe not Endgame, but it makes me think that maybe Archie and Veronica are not, do not have, like, a plan to last. The way I think Jughead and Betty, it would be weird if, I think in two seasons from now, that they aren't, aren't, like, together. 
hmm. in some way, or like aren't like the people aren't still being rooted for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe um, they uh, Archie or yeah Archie and Veronica go to the Devil's House, which is the name that the daughter of the old sheriff who was looking into the cold case called it. Turns out it's the same house where Betty put on the black hood. A yeah, while which back. we knew. Yeah. Um, and they find the sheriff's notes just right there, just in the house. In a box. In a box under yeah. a bed. Uh, and they discover there was uh, five people in the family that died. Or a third child who lived. And what did I say last time, John? That there was a child who lived, I thought. No, yeah, you did say that, yeah. I did say that. And what did I say? They're the murderer. They're the black I was wrong hood. about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, we don't know, I guess. But. So, well, so of course, he's not. Uh, but it's not a total dead end, because they find out that he saw the dude who did it, and, and they got together a group of people who killed that man and then buried him somewhere. He even looks almost longingly at a photo of, like, five guys posing with shovels over a shallow grave. That's fucked up. <laughs> so. I have a theory. Do you want to just get right into theory mill or rumor mill? Yeah. Guys, sorry. That's my dog eating kibble. So I think that the Black Hood could have been a group of people. I agree. Yeah. And that the Black Hood is um, a member of this, perhaps either a member of or the descendant of a collective of group of people who um, got together to ex- uh, to do to restore justice to Riverdale, where mm-hmm. the sheriff department failed? Yes, with this new information, it looks like it could be a coalition of about five middle-aged white men. Yeah, so I have a feeling. So it's every dad. Every dad. It's murder on the Orient Express. I think. I think Cliff was one. Interesting. I think Sheriff Keller is one. Okay. Uh, I think Hal is one. And I need others. I don't have them off the top of my head. But I think it was a group of people uh, who, like, maybe because Cliff turned bad, that's when they kind of, like... Restarted? Yeah. That's interesting. That's a really good theory. I bet that's what... Yeah. But the only problem with that is it actually doesn't work out on the timeline. Svensson was a child. Yes. When this happened. Yeah. As far as we know, Svensson is about the same age as like Fred Andrews and all those people. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little younger, but probably not. Mm. So it seems more likely that I mean think about it, because if Riverdale Svensson wasn't the youngest of the kids in that picture, I think he was the oldest one. Really? Yeah. Okay. But that's still like But that's still I mean like it's thirty still- years ago. It's Maybe. still possible, yeah. I don't think they gave us an exact year. I mean, it is possible that those guys in the picture were, like, 18, and now they're, like, 50. Yeah. Or that they were in, like, their very early 20s. Um, and it becomes kind of like a red circle situation. Maybe it was, like, the red circle 20 years ago. Kind of. You it's know? weird that uh, Archie Veronica chose not to follow up on him. With that information. Well, when Archie looked... Okay, I think Archie... Archie looked into his eyes like, well, he's not a killer, so I guess we're done here. That's the thing, though. It's like, I, I don't think that it was Svensson, but I think Archie needs to get over the green eyes thing, as does everybody else. Like, if I read another theory that says, well, that doesn't make sense because the person doesn't have green eyes. Like, anyone can put in colored contacts. Those yeah. do not look like green eyes. They look like they're wearing contacts. I beg the audience not to be shocked when whoever the killer is... Like, takes out green contacts. Exactly. Lenses. Or puts them in. Yeah. Or I think what's going to happen is somebody's going to... It's going to be an innocent situation. They're going to be in someone's bathroom. They're going to be looking for something in the medicine cabinet. They're going to pull out a pair of contacts. They're going to be, like, green contacts. And then they're going to close the mirror. And then behind them is the killer. And then they're going to be like, so, guess you figured it out. And then and Betty's going like, to run no, the I, house. No, I didn't actually. I just thought you had green contacts. Is that not normal? <laughs> is that Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And I realized that, like, I have the scene perfectly played out in my head because it's very similar to a movie that I saw. Um, have you ever seen House at the End of the Street? No. It, the acronym is HATES. Jennifer Lawrence was in it. It was like her, it was like a movie she did before The Hunger Games, before Silver Linings. Before Winter's Bone? I think before Winter's Bone, actually, but it was released much after, hmm. which is weird because it actually was an enjoyable horror movie. I thought it was fun. Um, but there's a colored contacts 
twist, and it's basically exactly like yeah, how everyone I knows you can get context though. You, yeah, I'll explain the twist to you at a different date. Okay. But yeah, so I think that that theory that whether or not that the Black Hood Collective is a collective of um, of the same people, or if it's a collective that was like maybe started by somebody and passed down to like their son or whatever, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it could be kind of cool if it was like a Murder on the Orient Express situation where it's like you think it's one killer but it's actually a group of people working Murder together. Murder on the Orient Express in theaters now. Um, spoiler alert? Oh, yeah, we should probably add that to the beginning of the episode. Huh. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, it is such an old movie. It's such an old book that I feel like... It's still not common knowledge, though. I know. We should I add didn't a spoiler know. in the notes. Okay. Prom king, prom queen, chaperone under the bus. Chaperone Alice Cooper. Absolutely. Or FP. Uh, yeah. Let's do Alice Cooper. Okay. Prom king, Archie. Look at me freely giving Archie things. Yeah. But yeah, he I'll also is kind of a dick, so let's well, fine. Archie... He stopped Betty or Veronica from going after Svensson after he threw him into a locker. Yeah, that's fair. What about... Sorry, guys. My dog discovered her new toy that she hasn't played with in two weeks, but but here we are. Um, Thrown under the bus. Penny Peabody. Yes, absolutely. That's who I was going to say, too. But who's the prom queen? Oh, we didn't say Veronica? You think it's Veronica? Yeah. Because I think that she stood her ground, and I think that she was fair to Archie. Yeah, she's better than Archie in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Archie was, like, my reluctant prom king. <laughs> so. Um, we didn't do reviews earlier. Do you want to do them or wait for me to do them a different week? You know what, guys? I think this episode's going to run long. Yeah. And so super grateful for we got a couple of good reviews we actually got one, like, three-star review. Did you read I think that? it's two stars. I know you read it because you referenced it in our last episode, the no. giggly one. No, no, no. That we got a different just, one? We got a different one. Well, but shoot, I can't wait to read these out. No, but the three-star review was, it was pretty positive, but it had some, like, really interesting things to say about, it said something, for the most part, it was good. I mean, I, it, it, they knocked off, like, a star for a tangent. They also thought that we Burn. weren't very nuanced about like class issues, family dynamics, suicide, and then LGBT issues, which I thought was not not unfair. I mean, if we can do better, I want to do, do better. If we can do better, I, I want to know. I'm just curious. It's so hard when you don't ha- talk to people on um, Twitter and you don't have a conversation to engage people with because I would love to know if there was like a specific instance. But one thing I do want to say regarding to that is I'm always open for like anybody to be like, hey, when you said this, that wasn't okay. Like, yeah. I'm not super sensitive about that. I would rather... If somebody comes at me from a place of genuine, like, helpfulness, like, that I want to hear we about. We want to have the most authentic and, 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 and intelligent discussion about this show possible. Exactly. And we promise we won't get super defensive or, or even offensive about the stuff you come to us, if anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The one thing... I am curious because I... I feel like we've been very fair, but maybe that's not true. But it doesn't seem like that's a thing that other people have said, so I feel like I can't speak to... I can't defend something that I don't know. Or I can't not even defend, but I can't... I can't... I don't know if apologize, but I can't... um, engage in conversation about something that we specifically don't know answers to. So if that person ever does return to the podcast or is listening to this now... Tweet at us. Yeah, where or, can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, so you can find me at Riley Tweets. I'm R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. Um, you can find my dog, who's been making all the noise on Instagram, at Stella the Mystery Puff. She doesn't make as much noise on Instagram. It's mostly pictures. Mostly pictures, and occasionally a video. She's very cute. Uh, you can find me at John Padden, J-O-H-N-P-A-D-D-E-N, on Twitter. Uh, catch my blog, Catch from the Rye. Rye is spelled W-R-Y. Good pun. I'm starting to work on my uh, my end of year, my my year like last year. You know, I did that like yeah, entertainment in 2016. I like that. That's I'm a gonna long do list. gonna do another one of those. So that's gonna take a while. I was gonna say, what is uh, one thing you want to leave them with that you're excited about this week, or you you saw, or you read? Um, 
It's not coming out this week, but I think they they gave us that the new that the release date for the new season of Black Mirror is like December 29th. Really good. Uh, so yeah. I'm very stoked for that one. What about you? I'm watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I don't think I talked about that last week. No, you didn't. Um, and it's really good. And also, if you guys have Amazon, not Amazon, if you guys have Apple TV, Prime just got added to Apple TV. So it's so much easier for me to watch it now in bed. Because <laughs> I was watching it on my computer and it was like my, like if uh, I was taking a quick break from work or if I was just, you know, eating dinner or I'm never not watching TV. So, but now I can watch it in bed as well. It's going to be so cool. It's so lit, guys. I don't know what lit means, honestly. But, <laughs> but yeah. Can I can I say one thing before we leave? One thing. I'm really excited for the uh, for the prospect of Archie and Betty actually being oh, a couple. Oh, we didn't talk about that, but yeah. Like the way they frame it at the end at the end of that last episode. I'm I'm actually really interested to see what that looks like. Me too. I'm not I don't think I'm going to like root for it, but I want to see it. Mhm. Yeah. Also, the Black Hood sent the lodges and most people in the town a threatening letter. So that is the reckoning they brought on by 48 hours of that sinning is, last week. That is what which I Which continues do. the running theme of the season, which is the Black Hood fucking sucks. I know. But we're oh. excited. All right. See you all next week. Over and out, River Vixens.